Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode four of Two Amazon Sellers and a Microphone. I'm Dustin Kane, and with me, as always, is Chris Gramlich. Chris, how you doing? Okay, I'm doing good. Hey, thanks, Dustin. Appreciate that. Yep, absolutely. I'm excited about today's topic: um, product sourcing. Uh, this is a yeah, this is a great is great topic, and there is a a lot to it. I, this this particular topic could probably be about 40 podcasts if we broke yeah. it down each each individual uh topic uh but i think today it'd be great just to give sort of an overview of the steps uh to product sourcing some of the things that we've done in the past or wish we would have done different um just and tips for what to be how to be successful in product sourcing because there there's a lot to it and um you know it can be a big it can sort of make or break it right off the beginning if you pick a bad product or get bad terms with your supplier uh, it can it can make things difficult when you're launching a new product on amazon so why don't we just go ahead and, and uh dig right in to uh product sourcing um essentially it's basically three major steps where you're picking a product picking a supplier and then negotiating your first order um obviously each one of those steps has many uh individual steps within those uh, but those are the uh, the basic ones um, when talking about sourcing a product. So why don't we start with uh, picking the product? I mean, obviously you have to have something in mind that you want to sell. Um, so what are some of the things that you do, Chris, when you're uh, deciding on what product to go after? For sure. And I kind of do like a little bit of reverse engineering here. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's the right term or not, but... Chris, I think you're kind of breaking up on my end. Oh, um, there we go. Yeah, you're we breaking up. With this. There we go. Yeah, it's all right. Uh, what I would normally do is uh, look at the, like figure out the person that I want to sell to. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, stay at home moms or what, or, you know, teachers, uh, office supply, like whoever your person is, like find that person who you want to sell to and then see what that person buys. And then that's when I would start sourcing that product to fit that person that I'm going after. Yeah. So I guess before I start to source anything, I kind of come up with a customer avatar and figure out who my my target audience is because that's what I'm gonna launch to when my product is ready to be live on Amazon and I'm ready to start to do some scale, uh, scalability. So once I figured that out, the next thing I'll do is uh, do some searching on Alibaba, um, and even even further, um, there's a site called 1688. Mm -hmm. 1688 is a good site. Um, that's kind of like the eBay uh, over over in China. That's kind of like the eBay there. But you can go on there. Uh, a tip there: it's it's all going to be in Chinese, so you gotta you gotta translate it. But what you're looking for is like price comparison mm -hmm. you're looking for this you're looking to see if your price that you're getting on alibaba is similar to or even better or maybe it's you can use it as a negotiation uh on 1688 so uh kind of recap there I, I figure out who my person is i figure out what they buy um i go find that product um see if there's the name there on amazon and then i start sourcing it from alibaba or 1688. interesting yeah i mean i for a lot of my first products when I started, um, I was picking areas where I was interested in it. I, mean, mm -hmm. I was basically my own customer avatar um, because I was trying to pick what I was interested in, which helped me 
really nail down down the road you know how to market the product um you know how to package it what what the end customer was really looking for because that end customer was me uh when i was sourcing a lot of these products so i think that's really uh, a good approach to make sure you're you're picking products but knowing your future customer ahead of time that that'll really really help out um you know another thing for me picking a product is you got to make sure that the market is there for it and that it's not oversaturated. I mean, I think that, you know, look, I love, uh, I'm, I'm a tennis player. I love tennis. Um, if I start sourcing tennis rackets right now, I'm going to be, I'm going to struggle. There are four major multi-million dollar brands that dominate the market. Um, you know, I'm not going to be able to enter into the tennis racket market, um, uh, cost effectively. Uh, conversely, if it was, um, you know, something else that's super competitive or low priced, and there's a lot of people selling it, those are things to watch out for. I mean, I'm, I really like to do some research. There's a lot of tools out there uh, where you can research sort of the the market for the product, you can research how many competitors you could be competing against, you could research what their listings look like, how many reviews they have. These are all things that could be barriers to entry. Um, even if it's a product that you love and you feel passionate about, especially on Amazon, those can be barriers to entry. So it's really good to find that sweet spot. Where, when you're looking at that sweet spot for your products, Chris, what are some some metrics you're looking at where you feel confident that once you launch this product, you'll be able to uh, <clears throat> compete without spending a ton of money? <clears throat> yeah, Chris, you're cutting out again. So yeah, I'm gonna, uh, I'll. Uh, I've got this are you still there? No, I got you. No, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, it's like a, I got that <laughs> formula that I have, and it's all like, does this product meet this standard, this standard, and this standard? Um, but, but some of that is the, the search volume. Like, I need the keywords that I'm going after for that product. They have to have enough search volume. And by enough, I mean, um, if you have brand analytics, they have to have at least 100,000 ranking in those five keywords. Um, because I've done it before and I think you've done it too, where the product you're going after may not have enough keywords to target mm -hmm. and you're kind of stuck with a kind of a low demand product. Mm -hmm. So, um, I like to have products that have high demand, especially on the search terms, uh, highly searched, uh, pro uh, search terms. Uh, so those, when I launch it, I can target a whole bunch of keywords and not just one and, and so forth. Right. And I think on the flip side, you want to make sure that there's not um, you know, a thousand sellers selling a really similar product, uh, especially sellers that have thousands of reviews each potentially, uh, that yeah. can be, so there, there is a, there's a middle ground, uh, that you really want to look for when you're, when you're sourcing, uh, or when you're picking your product, um, to go after. Uh, so one, one thing to add to that is like, if, if I'm sourcing a product and there's something I want to look at on Amazon before I start to source it, mm -hmm. If there are more than two or three listings on that page with a thousand reviews, mm -hmm. I'll just I'll just go somewhere else. Exactly, because uh, there's just too many there. Um, so that's like a quick test. Like if I have a product I'm thinking about doing, I'll go to Amazon, look on page one. If there's more than two or three listings, and it's getting harder, but if there's more than two or three listings that have more than a thousand reviews. Um, I may go somewhere else first Just before I start on. to launch it. Yeah, I agree. I agree 100%. I, I, another really good tip 
on that note is if there are competitors, you see them and maybe there's not a ton of reviews, you know, 100, 200 reviews on the top couple products, but a lot of them are negative reviews. That's a way you can come in. You can read through the reviews and find out why customers are not super happy with those products and then make that adjustment on your product. That mm -hmm. can be a big differentiator if there's a lot of negatives and you can fix that problem and come in with a, with a product that uh, attacks, attacks that issue, uh, you can really be successful right off the bat. So there's a lot of, uh, a lot of things to look for when you're actually picking that product. Um, then moving on, once you've got, did you have quick, to give it to, to kind of tack onto that, not only look at the negative reviews, but see, see what other people are buying in that frequently bought together area. And you could possibly create a bundle that makes sense. So you could differentiate yourself from other people's products. You could, you could sell a higher priced item and have that have that piece that people are buying already. Um, and that could kind of differentiate you. So you're, you're right. Definitely look at the reviews, but there's other things you can do on the listing to kind of give you an idea on what else you should probably source. That's, that's absolutely a great idea to, to bundling can basically create a new product. <laughs> that's yeah. two products in one. Um, and you're right. Amazon gives you that data right there. It says frequently bought with, and if it's there, mm -hmm. that means it's bought a lot with that product and you could combine those two and potentially sell those two at a price point that's lower than those two products combined currently mm -hmm. on Amazon. Uh, great, great tip that I think bundling is becoming a really, uh, good strategy right now, especially in saturated markets um, where people are able to differentiate. So now you've got your product picked. Um, the next step is trying to find a supplier. And uh -huh. this this can be, I feel like, a challenging step uh, for a lot of people. I mean, you're, you're definitely stepping potentially outside of your comfort zone. You're yeah, calling factories, um, potentially in China or India, or if you can find a, a U.S. market or U.S. manufacturer, you're calling around um, and then having to deal with them. So uh, I've used Alibaba basically uh, for every supplier I've found. Uh, Alibaba is a great resource. You, you can go there. You'll you'll be able to search for the products. You'll they'll load up just all the suppliers that are selling those products and you'll be able to get a gauge too because it'll show sort of uh minimum order quantities uh and it'll show like a price range based on the units you'll order you can basically ignore that uh i mean it gives you an idea but um you, there are, you can absolutely negotiate different terms with each supplier um so at that point what the way i would go is i look on alibaba i will uh, try to find, you know, five or six suppliers for that product that uh, at least their listings look good. They look um, like a good supplier potential. And then I will get a sample sent to me. I'll request a sample for each of those products. Uh, you'll get a good idea once you get the products, uh, you know, you can test them out and then uh, go to the next step of, uh, of negotiating. But any, what, what are some things that you do when you're picking a supplier? I know you mentioned, um, 1688 that you use, mm -hmm. um, as well as Alibaba. Great way to, that's a great way down the road to get data to um, help negotiate the price point. Um, but what other things are you doing when you're looking for a supplier? There's there's other things uh, I've been using and, and there's some uh, sites that I've learned to use over uh, these last few years. 
uh, Etsy. Like that surprisingly is a good site, Etsy. So if you if you're search uh, sourcing something that could probably be made here locally, uh, try it out. Get on Etsy first. Get like twenty of them, and then test those those twenty out before you commit to you know two thousand overseas. So hmm. um, if your product is something that is like handmade or can be made. I always check Etsy now because I'll, I can get smaller quantity that I can then make a test listing to see if that's a, really a product I want. That is interesting. That's actually not an approach I've taken yet. Uh, you've kind of frozen up on me again, so I'm talking. Here. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just going to keep talking, and if it doesn't work out, we'll figure out later. Yeah. That's um, right. uh, so Etsy is a good one. Smaller order quantities. You can test the listing and see how it goes from there. Uh, Thomas.net. Thomas.net is more of like a, a U.S. manufacturer uh, where you can find people like made in the USA products, um, and you can kind of search around in there. And there's there's different suppliers. Now you will pay a premium, but you're going to be able to get shorter lead times, and sure. you're you're going to be able to replenish your inventory faster because you got somebody local. Mm-hmm. Um, I mentioned 1688. That's a good one. Uh, flea market, not flea markets. Um, Farmers markets, farmers markets. Uh, I've done that before, where uh, people are like selling custom coasters, or they're making their own little soaps, or their whatever it is. Um, you can kind of either ask them if you could sell their product first on Amazon, and you can kind of make a little bit of a side hustle there first, and then if it works, maybe have them uh, private label your own brand with that same product. Um, so, uh, farmers markets are there. Uh, gosh, there's all kinds of stuff. Your own house, like <laughs> these, these are product ideas, I guess, but you can source products, uh, 1688, Alibaba, Thomas.net, Etsy, uh, farmer's markets. Those would be. So you're really, you're really testing out the product concept before you almost commit to even a full-time supplier. A lot of pretty times. much mm-hmm. and if it but if but if that's if i'm kind of on the fence if it's going to work mm-hmm. um if it's something i've i've seen or i've, I've you know researched quite a bit and i'm pretty confident it's going to be it, it's going to fit my metrics that i'm going after um and i'm not going to find it on etsy or a farmer's market i'll just go dive it right into it and then that's where you negotiate with your supplier either on alibaba mm-hmm. or whoever you use um I usually try to find like 30 suppliers. If I can't find 30, at least, you know, find 20. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll send them the same type of form. Um, and we can talk about negotiation on different podcasts because there's some cool tips there, but oh, yeah. um, I'll try to, I'll try to find some suppliers and then I'll just get samples mm-hmm. and compare and, and continue to continue to roll. It's a process. It's not like you launch products in a month. It takes a while. No. And if the products, ends up being successful, you want to have a really good relationship with your supplier. Yeah, <laughs> um, that that's going to be critical. You, you don't want to have a bad relationship where you have to start over again and try to find a new supplier for that product. Um, well, and to add to that, like you don't want to burn any bridges with the people that you're not going to use because right. you want to keep them kind of like in your back pocket in case this one supplier doesn't work out. You can always pivot and go to the other supplier that you absolutely you know, maybe got second place or third place. But yeah, I've had. Uh, one of my main suppliers from China um, got a great, developed a great relationship with him. Uh, he's actually flown out uh, tw- two or three times uh, from China. Uh, we're in Kansas wow. City. He's flown out here, uh, stayed with 
with us, with my family for weekends. And uh, it's been great. I mean, we're, we're family friends now. I mean, I see, he sends pictures of his kids and what doing when they're on vacation. Uh, so you can develop really good relationships with suppliers and that goes a long way, especially um, in some of the other cultures, like the Chinese culture, they really value friendships. Yeah. Uh, they they kind of get a hard knock for being tough on, on business and negotiating. If you're really friends with them, I mean, the deals open up <laughs> big yeah. time. And I've heard like people that go over there and visit their supplier, they don't even talk about price or they don't even talk about, you know, minimum order quantities. They just go over there, they take them out to dinner, mm-hmm. have a couple of cocktails and just kind of get to know them. And then if it comes up, it comes up. It's kind of like that. Like, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, I've never been, I'd probably love to go someday, but I'm, it would be an interesting uh, journey for sure. Oh yeah. I'm sure. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, there's, there's lots to that with the, with picking the supplier, but just keep in mind that uh, it could become a long-term relationship. That's very, very mutually beneficial uh, for both of you. Um, so, you know, once you have that, once you've got your, your samples in, um, what, you know, if, if with the way you're approaching it, I guess you've, you've already sort of proven concept with some, some, uh, some products I mean, you can sell the samples too. I mean, you can list the samples sure. on Amazon or go to AliExpress and just order 10 or 15 units on AliExpress of a product. It doesn't have to have branding. If you want, you could slap a logo on there before you ship it into Amazon. Uh, but it doesn't have to be fancy, but you could certainly prove the concept uh, of it a bunch of different ways. But once you have that, once you've proved concept, once you've uh, d- narrowed it down to a particular supplier that you're going to use, uh, then you have to start negotiating that first order. Um, and you know that you're negotiating everything from uh, you know the order quantity, the per unit price, uh, if they're handling the shipping, you're going to have to negotiate what that shipping is going to cost, uh, what the terms are. Are they going to do sea or air, um, et cetera? I mean, there's there's a lot to to negotiate uh, in there, and you want to make sure that you're uh, you're getting a good deal for both you and the supplier. Um, anything that you typically do in that in that negotiating step that is a good tip. Yeah. Um... I always kind of make up there is a board of directors or somebody higher than me that I need to <laughs> blame sometimes. Uh-huh. Like, so when I'll negotiate, uh, I'll say, okay, like I'll, I'll send it as I'm like the senior buyer or the senior product manager for the, for the company. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll, I'll send it on my website and everything. So they kind of seem like we're legit. And then um, as we negotiate, I'll tell them that, I need a price quote for 5,000 units or 10,000 units though that immediately gives them like, Oh, this guy means business. And they're going to give you a pretty you know, competitive price right off the bat. Uh, right. Right off the bat. Uh, when that price quote comes back, I'll then compare it to all the other 20 some odd seller or uh, suppliers that I contacted. And um, then I'll go back to them and say, great, your price, uh, you know, is a little bit higher than normal. Um, the board of directors has declined it based off other mm-hmm. quotes we have gotten from other suppliers. Um, go, please go back to your manager and, and, and renegotiate with them. So then the next day they come back, they give you a little bit lower price. It probably only went down like five cents, two cents, whatever it is. 
But once you come up with the price you want, and once you're ready to place that order, the last thing I do is flip it from 5,000 units and say, awesome, we're ready to go, but we want to do a test order of 500 units. <laughs> yep. And so now they're like, I got, I got 5,000 unit pricing, but I'm only going to do 500 units to start with. That's easier to do than rather than going, Hey, I need 500 units to start with. You're not going to get any type of negotiation going on there. You kind of just put yourself behind the, the wall there. Yeah. But if you come in and say, I'm looking to do five, 10,000 units, go back and forth. And then, um, you're, you kind of explain that you're, um, you know, you're willing to do 500 units as a test order first because your board of directors wants to test out 500 units first before they commit to the 5,000 unit order. Um, they'll probably come back and the price may be like five cents higher than what it was, but you're still getting a good price. Mm -hmm. Uh, but you're just going to have to do a smaller quantity. Um, so that's, that's one of the negotiation texts that I use. Um, also there's things you can put in like a, a, like a contract, like, um, if this fails, um, inspection, uh, you know, you, the, the supplier is going to have to cover the reinspection. Uh, you can negotiate, uh, terms. There's, there's all types of little, uh, things that you can really get into. Uh, but that's my main bread and butter is that board of directors and then tell them I want 5,000 units and then bring it down to 500 before we place the order. Yeah. Great tips there. Um, I, I have a much, I have a very similar approach. Um, you definitely want to come in, uh, asking for a quote on a reasonable order size. I mean, they're, they don't want to waste time with small orders. Uh, but if you set the precedent that you're going to potentially be at that high order or you're looking at that, you just have to, now you're going into the test mode. So you need a sample. Uh, you look more credible. you got the right pricing. You have an understanding because you probably will be ordering 5,000 units down the road. Mm -hmm. um, and so you're able to understand that pricing. Um, and that's a really good approach. The, the one thing you got to be careful with sometimes on them is if you, if you negotiate too hard with them, it's got to be a win-win. So, I mean, when you come in, like you said, with that high price, they're giving you a good quote that works for them at the 5,000. So you know that they're willing to work with you to get there. But if you really haggle with them hard, they will say yes and keep saying yes to lower prices and they are going to lower the quality of the product. Mm -hmm. um, they, they will do that. If you've got uh, metal screws in the product, all of a sudden they're going to send you product with plastic screws or well, all kinds of just, they keep, they'll lower the quality to try to get you that price. They want to make the, the sale. So you got to make sure that you're, uh, you know, it's got to be a win-win. You're like I said, you're looking for the long-term benefit. So just trying to haggle someone just down to nothing, um, can backfire sometimes as well. And but, that's where like on your, on your terms or your contracts or whatever it is that mm -hmm. before you commit that order, you want to make sure that the product you're getting mm -hmm. is going to be the same quality as the sample you got. Correct. And that has, that has to be in there because you don't want to get something with a cheaper plastic or cheaper, uh, you know, like you mentioned screws. Right. Um, so just kind of, cause they will, and I don't think they, it may not be something they know. I mean, they're knowing they'll do it, but it, it's. A, yeah. It's not malicious. Uh, they're the, trying to, yeah, they're trying to get to your price point. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I agree. Um, yeah, but those, I mean, at that point now, hopefully everything, uh, works with your order and then you'll be focused on doing uh, a reorder, but those are, uh, the, the basic, I mean, we've covered a lot here. Obviously we could talk about each one of those just in so much depth, which we're going to do on future episodes. 
I mean, just the picking the product, I mean, and picking a supplier, those you, we talked for, for days on those topics. Uh, yeah. But I think we gave a good overview here of those main steps. I mean, picking a product, picking a supplier and getting your first order are, are the major steps. Um, and uh, hopefully some of these tips and I learned something from you, Chris, that was great. I've, I've now just uh, developed a board of directors for my company. <laughs> it's kind of nice. You can kind of take the pressure off you. You're like, oh, yeah, that's not my decision. Yeah, uh, man, those board of directors are rough. They're rough, man. They, they, they constantly are down my throat telling me they need lower pricing. My company just got a lot bigger. I've got a lot more people working with me than I had thought. That was that was a great <laughs> tip. Uh, <laughs> So that kind of it well, does it's, it makes this stuff fun. I mean, that's what I love about this business that we're in is I mean, you get to have a lot of fun like that. Uh, yeah, you know, talking about your imaginary board of directors. Uh, that's that's <laughs> hilarious. Uh, but yeah, great tips there. Uh, that was fun. Uh, anything you want to add in the last few minutes here? We got quick tip, quick quick tip, quick quick thing. Uh, check check IP. Make sure you're checking patents and intellectual property. Uh, make sure there's no patents on some of these items. You don't want to get stuck with something that you didn't have to you know, get rid of yeah. on the cheap or, or Amazon has to get rid of. So uh, if you find something, double, double, double check. Like, great. Can't mention that more than. Yeah, that, that's a great point. Absolutely. We've made that. I've made that mistake. Yeah. I've sold yeah. stuff with patents on it and quickly <laughs> figured out that was not good. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that's an absolutely great point. Um, well, before we run, uh, just like we talk about in every episode, um, you know, Chris and I are both uh, experienced uh, sellers. I say that we're we're not gurus; we just are experienced sellers. We've been doing it for a long time, uh, and so if you'd like to talk with us about your business, um, we'd love to. You can uh, you can go to solozo.com or somewhere maybe around this uh, in the show notes on the podcast, or if you're watching this live, it could be somewhere around the video. Uh, you can book a call with us. Uh, we'll talk anything Amazon. Uh, and then if it's a good fit, we'll also walk you through Solozo and how we help sellers automate and optimize their ads on Amazon. Uh, we can talk anything with you. We'd love to talk with you. We talk to sellers all day long and Chris and I will be excited to talk about your business. So please, please uh, take us up on that offer if it's something you'd like to do. Um, and if you're in the beginning stages of your Amazon business right now, I highly encourage you to today take your first step towards sourcing a product. Just mm -hmm. do something, get a spreadsheet going, look for suppliers, do something that gets the ball moving. Uh, you won't be sorry. It's it's a great business. Look how much fun Chris and I are having. We want you to have as much fun too. Uh, and if you're, uh, I forgot to mention about the going back to Solozo, if Solozo is something you'd like to get started with right now uh, to help advertise, automate your advertising, we have a discount for you. It's podcast 20. Uh, it'll get you 20% off your first month with Solozo, as well as a free trial, 14-day free trial, as well as a call with Chris or I. Uh, that's worth it right there. Uh, yeah. So uh, use that podcast 20. Go to solozo.com. You can sign up using that. Get 20% off your first month. Chris, as always, it's been a blast. Uh, For sure. I'm. We will see. I'm not sure we'll be back here talking again. Well, tomorrow's the weekend. We'll take tomorrow off. We'll take a few days off yeah. and we'll come back and get back at it next week. Yeah. Monday. We'll get, get our next episode rocking on Monday again. Fun times, Chris, everybody have a great day out there and take action some way to get, get going. See you. See Chris. You, man.